Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. Today I'm joined by John Watts of Independence Games. He is a full-time publisher producing content for an OGL variant of Traveler known as the Cephas Engine. The majority of John's sales comes from selling PDFs on drive-thru and through his own website. He doesn't do Kickstarters, and if you have any interest in making a living from our hobby, you'll find John's path not only interesting and his stories entertaining, but he also has a path that is reasonable and obtainable by others. We also talk a bit about Traveler and various sci-fi shows. Dear friends, time's a-wasting. Let's get rambling. Hello, John. Hey, how are you doing, Jeff? Doing great. So, um, I take it from the little I know about you that that you like Traveler. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess the question is: Did you start with Traveler, or is this a? Is, a did you did you dovetail into Traveler? You know, that's that's an interesting question because. Um, when I first started out, um, well, the first time I did anything with role-playing at all was was basically looking on with awe as other people did it. And I really wanted to play. Uh, basically, I would say I was probably, I want to say seventh grade, so probably in the 12 to 13 range. And I, I really wanted to play the game, and some people were there, and they... <clears throat> they didn't want me to play. And uh, so I decided that, you know, I should go out and I should purchase this game. And so I went out to go get it. They were playing D and D and I approached my parents about, about doing this. And uh, my parents who uh, had, had, had heard some things about the, uh, you know, the satanic scare as you were and decided this was not a real good idea for me to do. And um, so did not play D and D, and there was a mall, basically within bicycle riding range of my house. And uh, very stranger things here. I we me and uh, my friends hopped on a bicycle, rode over to rode over to this mall, and uh, picked up Star Frontiers. Oh yeah, yeah, Star Frontiers though. That's fine. See, that's that. My parents were perfectly okay with that. That's you know science fiction. My dad was a big Star Trek guy, and so science fiction was perfectly fine. So, I got into Star Frontiers, and uh, we played Star Frontiers for a while, and then, then I got into James Bond 007, which awesome game. If you ever played this, you ever get a chance to look at it. It's a fantastic game. Um, I played that for a while, and. Um, Things kind of got a little slow with it after a while. We had, we'd kind of gone through all the existing modules and I had made up a few things here and there because of course I'm running the game. And I was looking for something else. And I had noted that all of the D&D kids had lots of books. Every one of them had lots of books, just tons of books. Everybody's carried around these book bags full of books. And so it occurred to my 14 year old brain at this point that the best thing for me to do would be to find a science fiction system that had a lot of books 
<laughs> and so, so I, I was getting a catalog from a place and I cannot, I have tried to remember the name for over years. People have asked me this and I can't remember, but they were selling, they were selling miniatures, uh, you know, miniature tanks, ships, you know, soldiers, things like this. And they had an ad in the back for Traveler and Hey, this has a lot of books. Oh yes. So clearly this is what John should be doing. And so I bought a few books and I would say started working my way into Traveler around eh, about the time I was 16. So this would have been 1986. And uh, there was a, uh, there was a game shop in town and well, I'm in Regal, Georgia, which is a small town, just, just South of the Tennessee border. And went over into Chattanooga. There was a place called Chattanooga Magic and Fun. They had the guy was a magician. He had um, had a magician shop as well as role playing game stuff. And uh, went in there, bought a bought a copy of the Traveler book. And uh, my friends were started getting into it, and we we started from there. And uh, so yeah, yeah. So I was doing Traveler pretty pretty early. Um. Pretty much at that stage, uh, we we played Traveler pretty solid. Um, I don't. We we kind of sort of used the Traveler background, but not really. Um, we it it didn't. Nothing against it. I mean, I know that you know it's a very popular thing and everybody loves it. But you know, I we we sort of decided we didn't really want to go that direction. Um, and as I got to college age and started kind of piecing things together people basically came to me and said look john you know we don't we don't like this you know the whole you know nobles running around with swords and all this and it's just you know it's not <laughs> we, we it, can't believe that <laughs> it's not for us and uh you know well when you look into when you look into the official traveler universe you very quickly can see that it's you know it's very steeped in things like the Doomrest novels or right uh, landry novels things like that and you know, truthfully, as, you know, 18, by this point, 18, 19 year old kids, that didn't appeal to us at all. Um, not to say we weren't readers. I mean, we were reading, but we were reading Heimlein, we were reading Pornell, we were reading uh, some Piper, but, uh, you know, Niven, and this sort of thing. Um, we had kind of moved into that. And that was, that was a lot more interesting to us. And well, you know, you you can see me on the camera. You see, I've got a Blake Seven T-shirt on. Yeah. Um, you know, Blake Seven was a big influence on a Star Wars, this sort of thing. And so, you know, we were that was that was more our speed. And so we started kind of, I started kind of building something along that line. And then one night, uh, just by pure happenstance, I decided to watch a movie and so you know it, at that point in my life and dorm life you know we didn't have cable television and you couldn't pick up anything with an antenna so i was lucky enough to have a vcr and so i zipped down to the video store and rented silverado the western movie yeah and uh i was really inspired by that just the entire concept of um, the way the story arc works and the way they move from town to town and have an adventure, move to the next place, have an adventure, move to the next place, have an adventure, you know, and all these things. And they're sort of related and all this. And and the fact that it was, you know, kind of like Traveler and that, you know, the communications moved at the speed they moved. 
um, you know, and that sort of thing. And so, you know, that, that really spoke to me. And so I, I started building a setting, which was sort of Western really in, in the way it was made. And, uh, that pretty much became Clement sector, which is, you know, what I'm, what I'm selling now. So that was pretty much, that was pretty much the beginning of it. And we pretty much played in that universe with, I pretty much played in that universe there with my friends in college and my friends back home. And then when I left college and came back home, um, began again with my friends. And then, you know, sometimes my college friends would visit, so we would have a larger game and all this. And then uh, I got in with a group of guys at a hobby store uh, called the Royal Tiger that was right up the street from me uh, in Chattanooga. And uh, gosh, boy, we just, at that stage, you know, we, we started playing. I had a really large group of folks playing all the time. And uh, gosh, well, that campaign really ran well, well into after I started publishing, um, you know, and I started publishing in 2011. So actually we're coming up on, uh, uh, we're just shy of a month of our 10th anniversary. Wow. Yeah, I find, I think the 70s and 80s vision of the future better than, because I mean, obviously, you know, they miss very important things, you know, like the internet. (laughs) And I think, in many ways, the, um, you know, the lack of instant communication, which is kind of what you get when you, you know, your jumps take you, you know, your weeks away kind of, you know, the way news is disseminated across the universe is actually very slow, because the limitation of speed of light. So I think things like that help um, to create a little bit different world where all information is not accessible, right? And I think also, even even though it does seem kind of quaint, I think in some ways it's, I find like, I find in general that kind of uh, of genre or whatever a little bit more appealing to run games in. Um, yeah. Well, one of the things that one of the things that really bugged us about it, <laughs> you know, it was was just the um, I don't know the the uh, sort of feudal aspects of it um the 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 knights and the nobles and all that and and so you know that was one of the things that that really you know pushed forward with clement sector and the reason we we you know one of the reasons we ended up doing clement sector the way we did was because you know in clement sector there is no there's no imperium there's no empire there's no nothing like that at all um and it's all you know independent worlds um that have developed on their own one way or another you know they were usually seeded by somebody or you know a company a nation or just a group of people that just wanted to go and so that that sort of independent um you know i don't know for for lack of a better term um settlement like right you know just just really that that was more appealing to us than than an existing empire that had been around for a thousand years that you know had an emperor and dukes and archdukes and yeah and to be be honest i mean when we played we never really paid attention to i mean this is back in high school we never paid attention to that overall history and i think even later years i think i think i like the idea where you had a large 
overreaching government that maybe had control over the up ports, but they really didn't have necessary control of what goes down below. Yeah. And it kind of, that little dynamic is kind of neat, but, but you're right. As far as the noble houses and this and that, and who's getting assassinated and who didn't get assassinated. And, you know, that's, and it seems very implausible when, I mean, I think one of the amazing things when you look at that, whatever that traveler map is that's online, that is like expansive beyond reason where you can go on all those details, you know, which is neat, but it's hard to imagine that, you know, there's a Duke or whatever that control. I mean, it just, it just seems implausible that that kind of governmental structure, like you would see in Dune applying to a million billion worlds. Yeah, yeah, that was that was actually one of the problems we had because we 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 sat down and figured out exactly you know what it would take to do this, and it just it, it you know and I, like I said you know people people use that use that group all the time and I mean you know I I've nothing against it but but it just didn't speak to us and yeah. it it just wasn't our style and so you know we that was one of the things that basically found founded what you know what is now Clement sector. Um, that was basically where we went with it was just, you know, look, we, you know, that we're going to go in a different direction, you know? And so we, we came up with a, you know, completely independent history and, um, you know, a backstory and stuff. And we just didn't go as far into the future. Um, we ended up, ended up settling in, in about 2350, which, which later on somebody pointed out to me was the 20, was the 24th and a half century. So we're basically duck dodgers. <laughs> But <laughs> so, but but yeah, um, you know, it was just you know, it was just a lot of fun, and it was it was something to you know build build a lot of really good adventures on top of. And, yeah, and I think you know, you're you're playing a long term game too. I don't think we've ever. It sounds like yours goes on for years rather than. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, well, the the original campaign started in 1986 or 87. And essentially that ran until I left for college in 88. And in 88, I went to, I went to the University of Georgia and um, I met some guys there and basically started running a game there. And instead of coming up with something new, you know, I just, I just kind of exp- extended that on and, uh, you know, just had these characters all existing within the same universe. And so eventually when my friends from back home would come down to the University of Georgia, you know, they would just add, they just bring their characters, you know, add right in. And, you know, it just kind of was a continuing plot line. Well, then when I came back up here, um, my college friends then would, you know, come up here and we, it would just be a continuing timeline. And then, um, you know, I, I said, I met those guys at the uh, hobby shop I was talking about and, you know, gosh, Lord, you know, I ran that game there you know the hobby shop was there four or five years i think um so you know we were running a continuous a continuous game there for quite a while and um you know after the after after that shop closed down we were still all friends we just went to a different place um you know for a while at my house or my apartment or wherever it was and you know just you know we added characters in we added characters out people you know players came in players came out people you know People moved on, they, you know, and all sorts of things. And, um, you know, it, it basically just, it, it was a gigantic campaign that just, uh, you know, continued well from 1986. Oh gosh, probably till about, uh, I would say around 2013. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. No, nothing I ever do ever lasts that long. 
<laughs> nothing nothing else i've ever done is that long <laughs> but we're, um, we're we're good to get past eight sessions before people say yeah hey, let's do something different <laughs> uh well you know it's a, it's a funny thing i was talking to a friend of mine uh yesterday who was pretty instrumental in all of that and um you know and he's like you know when are you going to finish that silver age sentinels game you were running back in 2004 <laughs> it's like yeah. you know i really enjoyed that game it went three games and then what happened you know well, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah it happens sometimes doesn't it no it's and i find that kind of impressive i mean it's in and i think i'm the same as my group you know maybe sometimes i'll play a little bit longer but we just we tend to play more uh, different systems and just kind of rotate around, but I, I'm absolutely, uh, you know, admire the the people that will do something for a year or whatever and just and maintain. And I think once you do that, I think it, it, you know, then it becomes more important to have like continuity, and then you're kind of thinking about setting up for future adventures. I mean, rather than just being, you know, a handful of things and you're done with it. Well, one of the handy things about publishing Clement Sector after after doing all that is it's been pub it's basically been play tested for thirty two years. So is Clement Sector because I I'm a little rushed because I play, I play Traveler and off and on. So there is one sector that's official like off limits for uh, when I say off limits that that uh, did like Mark Miller like leave this the sector blank and that uh, people can feel well, that it. Yeah, there, there's four even sectors that, it, that they did that with. Yeah. Okay, but this is not the Clement, Clement sector. Is your sector? That yeah, you yeah, yeah. Clement sector is not related to the Traveler universe whatsoever. So you decide, you know what? We're doing the Clement sector. So why is it Clement? Well, that's an interesting thing. Um, I was very inspired by Hal Clement, the uh, science fiction writer. Um, I had the opportunity to meet him two or three different times, and uh, they had an opportunity to talk to him a few times. Um, really liked him, and that, that's really the reason it's Clement Sanger. That's really the reason it, uh, had, it bears that name, is because I was really inspired by him. Um, in, the, in the game, it actually there's, there's actually a game reason for it. It's uh, the name of the first British scientist who comes across the wormhole uh, from Earth Sector into Clement Sector, and he is killed when he goes down to the planet and so they decide to name the sector after him oh. but, but in reality in reality it's because i was very i was very uh i was very inspired and impressed with the work of hal clement and so therefore it's clement sector okay so you've been running this clement sector and everything's going great you've you've ran these campaigns everybody's having fun so at what point did you start turning away or did you start looking at rather than just everything that you're doing being, you know, just for your players that you decided to, you know, start sharing or even um, presenting to, to the outside world as far as maybe for selling. I don't know. Did you start out just giving stuff away? Did you start out by posting on blogs or what was, what was like the next step? Well, when we first started out, the, as I said, we had been using the traveler rules for years, but we didn't use the setting at all. And so I, discovered mongoose's version of traveler it would be their first edition and discovered that they had made the whole thing ogl I yeah mean, you know and it was the whole thing was open game license and so therefore i could use their rules which well you know that was the part of traveler i liked um you know and i could use those rules and then go ahead and publish you know clement sector and so 
I wasn't really sure that it would go anywhere. Um, uh, I knew that Clement Sector had a very Western feel to it. And I'd just seen Firefly come out and last for a season and die. Right. And, <laughs> you know, I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe now's not the time for this. But so I decided the, fir- the very first thing I decided to do was I, I checked into it, you know, figured out, you know, got a lawyer to look at all this stuff, figure out exactly, you know, what I could do with the OGL and so forth and so on. Uh, talked to a couple of guys who were already publishers and. Um, well, you, so you're, you're throwing money down. This is no longer you just saying, you know what, I'm just slightly interested in this. So this is you actually looking at this as a economic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really, at this point, I knew I wanted to do it and I knew it was possible to do it. And so I decided this was, you know, this was something I wanted to look at. And so I put out a, a product called Quick Worlds that um, it, it, it was, it was actually labeled Quick Worlds 1 with the, with the hope that there would be several others of these. And I took a world that was already existing in Clement sector and, uh, you know, just, just put out that world, you know, and just to see what would go on. And it had a truly horrible cover, um, that I made myself, which is not a good thing because I am not an artist. And, you know, it just, it, it really looked terrible. I mean, it was just, you know, just, just a blank sheet with just you know it said kiev on it at quick worlds one and um gypsy knights games because you know uh, our gaming group was gypsy were the gypsy knights and so that sounded like a great thing to name the game company. <laughs> rather than murder hobos huh? right exactly and so you know we we went ahead with that and um it sold and it sold pretty good and so you know i thought okay well you know this is this is going well let's do another one and uh, ended up doing about 26 of those. Wow. And, um, you know, that went pretty well. And then, you know, decided that what we needed to do was some small adventure books. And so... Uh, so so old... what size were these These original? How big were they? Oh, 10 pages. So 10 pages, this is eight and a half by 11, not like a digest size. Right, right. Yeah. Eight and a half by 11, like 10 pages and... Uh, you know, just a description of the planets and maps and things. Not, not unlike what I do with the subsector source books now. Um, but, um, but just one planet and just kind of threw it out there and just see if anybody was interested. And as it turned out, somebody was. And so, you know, I did another one and another one and another one, and it just kind of kept, kept rolling. And then we did some adventures and then finally decided that the best thing to do would be to actually, you know, go ahead with the Clement sector and, you know, roll out the whole, the whole thing. So, but and, at this, this point you are, um, cause you are operating under the SRD, right? That's right. Yeah. At, at that point I was operating basically under the traveler SRD, um, and the, with, with the license from basically the, the license was that you could just go ahead and do all this stuff if you wanted to. There were certain things you couldn't touch certain things right. you could do. Uh, but essentially we could use all the rules we wanted, but we couldn't use the setting, which was perfectly fine with me that I, did, I didn't want to use the setting. Well, not only the setting, but you couldn't even really use like Traveler. You can't use their logo. You can't. I mean, well, so... no, at that point we could. Um, we, we could use the logo and everything else. And, and we did. Uh, that ended in 2016 uh, when they got rid of the logo license where you couldn't do that anymore. And so at that point, well, they were there. Well. I won't go into all that, but it, it was a mess. There, there was a lot of uh, a lot of disagreement over how that went. But um, essentially, <laughs> essentially, after it was all over with, um, uh, you know, it. Hey, Jason Kemp, K 
came up with the uh, Cepheus engine, which essentially he went through and he went through the um, the SRD from the open game license that, uh, you know, open game license stuff Mongoose had done and some other stuff that was open game license and basically just kind of pulled this thing together and did Cepheus engine. And I had met Jason a few times at Gen Con before that and uh played in some of his games had a really good time and you know i knew him pretty well and so i was like you know look you know i i don't want to go out completely you know on a limb here but let's just go ahead and you know work this thing and you know and see what we can do and so we we began a well gosh by that point i think we had 30 books out um and you know, just kind of converted everything over to Cepheus Engine. And, you know, we're still using Cepheus Engine as the basis for the rules that we have now. Um, we have a Clement Sector rule book, but it's basically built off of, off of Cepheus Engine. We've made some changes here and there. I use a much longer form uh, character generation uh, process than they use, um, a little bit different initiative and a couple other things here and there. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it, it's it's pretty much Cepheus engine based at this point. Yeah, because I mean, you know, and so this was all fairly early on because I'm assuming there wasn't a lot of people at this point producing product. Is that the case? Um, I would say it was less than ten. Yeah, because I think the Cepheus engine probably allowed people more than ever to be able to have a, a vehicle in which to. Um, yeah oh yeah 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 jay wow you know I, I i tell jason this all the time and he, he you know I, I think he makes him blush a little bit but i i i feel as if i owe him a really big debt because i after what happened with mongoose and i was very um i was very angry and disheartened by by some of the things that occurred and you know jason came in and says look you know here, here you know here's what here's what i'm doing you know hey wow you know this is you know, this is a lifesaver to me. Um, and that's free on drive through. So it's both, uh, I think it says a, uh, as a word document, and I think also as a PDF, and you can also, I think, throw some money his way and buy the uh, one with the graphics in it. Yeah. 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 He, um, gosh, boy, J Jason's a great guy. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I get very, uh, I get very animated defending him sometimes. So every so often you'll get a guy who's, who's a very, you know, uh, um, dedicated uh, classic traveler guy who'll get all, you know, bent out of shape because, you know, well, these, you know, these Cepheus engine guys, they're coming in and they're, they're playing in the wrong sandbox and I don't like it. <laughs> you know. And, you know, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and then, you know, and I'm cool with that, you know, Hey, you know, you, you, you do you, you have a good time, but then one of them will say, well, you know, I don't like that Jason Kemp guy, you know, he just, you know and I'm like, Oh, no, 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 no. You don't mess. You don't, you don't mess with my guy, Jason. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> You know, it, it really, I mean, it's a funny thing. It's kind of like with the, it's kind of like with 5e. I mean, it's like, why does that hurt your fun? I mean, how, I mean, there's things I, I don't like, but I mean, it's, I'm not going to go like, you know, bash other people for that. I mean, just like, it's their fun. They're not diminishing my fun. 
I, I've never understood that attitude. I mean, you know, you know, and, that, and that's the thing, you know, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, you know, the, the official traveler universe, the third Imperium setting, it, it didn't appeal to us. And so we just made our own and, and went on with our lives. And, you know, I don't have anything against Mark for inventing this. I, you know, I'm well, but that out. was even, that wasn't an initial TP Frank Chadwick's house. I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> because he, right. But, but, but the third period really wasn't the initial conceit because back when those books came out, same thing with Gygax, they just said, you know what, here's the tools, you're doing your own world, you don't want me absolutely, and absolutely. doing that for you. And they're like, well, I guess you do want me doing that. <laughs> I guess you'll pay me lots of money to do that. <laughs> yes, I, I will gladly take your money. Thank you. Well, it does pay the house payment. So, yeah. It does. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's funny, I mean, because we can kind of judge harshly like, in hindsight but you know back in the time it's like they didn't know that people wanted settings well no i mean you know at the time you know i think i think they just you know felt like you know here are the rules and you know run with right it's time. an extension of a war game it's an extended war game what more right. do you want right you know it's like no you know i'm sure that they would have when the war games they would you know do certain battles have lined up and you know write-ups where you could recreate this or that but there was no like you know any, any sort of large, you know, I think that was up to the people to do. So, yeah. Yeah. So the CIF is like, say, it just seems like that is such a, um, because that document is, I mean, it's, it's, it's thorough. I mean, you, you print that out and you are, you are playing traveler. I mean, there's no, like, there's nothing. I'm not going to say that, you know, it's not like the mongoose, but it appears to me to be very much like the old version and i don't I haven't done a, a one for one check but it's like there's no reason when you're playing that you're as far as i'm concerned it just it feels completely like playing traveler yeah yeah well i mean you know tra traveler is what birthed it so you know i mean it you know that's you know that's where it came from that's you know the, the you know the Cepheus engine is based in what the parts of traveler that were made open game license and so, I mean, it's always going to have, you know, at least a bit of that feel, no matter what you do. I mean, well, next month I'm going to publish Rider, and Rider is a Western. And I mean, it is a straight up Western. It's not like Deadlands where there's demons or so, some such thing. No alternate history. I mean, it is just a straight up solid Western um, that uses the Cepheus engine rules as its base. And, you know, it's still kind of going to feel like Traveler, but, you know, but it, I mean, it's going to be a Western and, you know, gosh, boy, you know, Paul Elliott's got Hostile out, which is really kind of, um, kind of emulating Alien and Blade Runner and boy, what a great job he's done with that. And then of course, Omer's doing uh, These Stars Are Ours, um, you know, with the UFOs and the gray aliens and all that great stuff. And it, it's really good stuff. And, you know, it's really opened up a, you know, Cepheus Engine's really opened up a lot for a lot of creativity. Um, gosh, boy, Michael Brown puts out something, you know, all the time, uh, you know, two or three at a time. And they're, they're small, but there's, there's so many really good ideas in there. And, and, you know, there's just a lot of folks out there now who are taking advantage of this. And every chance I get on social media, I tell people, look, you know, you know, you should be doing this too. You know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm building up, up competitors, but I, I don't really look at it that way. I look at it as, you know, Hey, we're all in this together. Let's, you know, let, you know, let's have some more of it. Um, you know, and the more the merrier. And 
Yeah, and I think that's true in a lot of spaces. I mean, you know, car dealerships, competing car dealerships will build right next to each other. You know, they, they find that that when you get a large enough cluster, you have to, once you get a large enough cluster of people doing the same type of thing, it'll actually will, will draw people in and people will. And you guys aren't doing the same things either. I mean, well, no, and that's the thing, you know, and well, actually, you know, it was, it was something that came up because um, Michael had done, a, Michael Brown had done a small uh, Western book and, um, you know, good stuff. And, uh, you know, and now I'm doing writer and somebody had said, you know, well, why do we need two? And I said, well, you know, you probably, you're, if you're a Western <laughs> fan, you're probably going to want more than two, um, you know, and, you know, Michael has ideas. I have ideas, you know, we're not the same guy, you know, we have a lot of, we, you know, right. you know, we're going to have different takes on things and, you know, so you'll want both of them, <laughs> you know. And, and and anybody else who comes along who decides they want to well do. i think because the thing is is you i mean because i think in a lot of ways the the traveler engine slash cephas engine is um it, i don't want to say it's modular because that's not quite right but but it's so easy to i think look at what other people have done and, and especially if people are doing two different directions with it is you can even you know, be able to take pieces and, and make your own. And, and it makes it easier for a person to say, you know what, I like this and this and this, but I really don't like that. But I like the way he does this. So for my game, you know, I'll mix and match. Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, that, that's what I did. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, when Jason looked at, when Jason looked at Cepheus engine and when he was building Cepheus engine and looked at, you know, what was open for Mongoose and what was open from other places, he decided he'd rather do something that looked more like well, not exactly like, but I mean, more like a, a classic traveler feel to the character generation. Whereas I looked at the S I looked at the SRD and, you know, and the OGL stuff and was like, no, you know, I, I, I'd rather have the long form character generation. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where I, I you know, I, I kind of differ from some of the other Cepheus engine stuff. And, you know, we've all got different ideas of how things should go. Um, you know, one of the big things that I really never cared for as far as the third Imperium setting is that it's set so far into the future. And it's it's difficult, I think, for the average person to to think that far into the future. And so, you know, I wanted to set it, you know, closer in. And, you know, if I had given it a whole lot of thought beforehand, I wouldn't have put it in the 2300s because there was already a Traveler 2300 out there. And it, there are there are the occasional folk who think that you know hmm, those things related no 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 not related at all well but, i think the problem also was from the set in my my estimation of technology levels on traveler what i find absurd is how like the first and i'm not real well steve but let's say the first like six tech levels um are um like you know those are major changes like one but but yet those all occur within like a fairly short amount of time. But then these others are huge gaps that in some ways it's like technology should be way more than we could possibly think when you, when you get to these levels, right. You know, it's like, he could not, not say, I don't want to guess it sounds pejorative, but it's like things like transhumanism, you know, all that stuff was not a concept that people could hold in their minds back in the 70s. But if all of a sudden you're having a technological uh, tech level 14, that should be something completely bananas. You know, oh, yeah. That, I mean, I mean, I mean, look at that stage at that stage. I mean, you know, let's see what what, what year is that supposed to be? Fifty three something or other. I don't know. 
I, I can't remember, but I mean, it's, it's, it's way out in the future. And, you know, honestly, I, you know, I, I would think that things would be happening there that would seem, you know, more than magic. Yeah. And, you know, I, that, that, that doesn't, you know, that never appealed to me. That never seemed like something I needed to do. No, but, it, but you could roll stuff up at like a 12 or 13, but it's like, that should be, it should be a completely, it should be that those, those, those gaps are like exponential yeah. in nature, yeah. not linear, but early on, it almost seems linear. And then also when you're kind of judging things by weapons is marks of, of, of advancement, it's just, that doesn't even seem to be a good, you know, marker for, you know, for advancement either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I agree. So, I mean, like you, I, I think we're, we're the, you know, um, I think where Traveler does like you fit best is, is something that's not super far into the future. Yeah, I, I agree. So it, like it expands, you know, it, it, that is to me so much feels like the feel of like Traveler, you know, it's this, you know, where you have, you know, physics and people doing things. It's, it's, it's very much conceivable, something that it's not too far out that it's just wacko. Yeah, yeah. And it also seems very plausible where it's like, you know, you start moving things too far out, then you're getting into Star Trek series. Yeah. 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 I, I would agree with that. Yeah. It was good. It would, yeah. You, you're talking about, you're talking about the expanse and, and feeling, feeling like a game. And, you know, I, I suppose it really was at some stage. Uh, I think they, I can't remember what they said they were playing. Was it Rollmaster or Space? No, it was Modern D20. Modern D20. Yeah. Because it, it <laughs> I don't know. I guess, spoiler alert. I guess if you've not seen the first season, but um, you know, there, there's that one scene where uh, where Miller shows up, you know, just at the clear blue sky and starts shooting people. And you know, I looked at my wife and said, "Ah, well, it looks like Dave made it to the game this week." <laughs> you know, <laughs> or there's a one scene I can't remember which season it was where everybody, all these different storylines came together, where everybody's on the ship going yeah. to the moon like well how in the world did um christian wind up on the same ship as bobby or the same ship is you know yeah you know all these people it's like you know that definitely seemed at that moment like you know th that's where it was a, an rpg party but uh but i yeah. think but also more than that it's just like it just it, it's not like star trek or star wars i mean it's just like you know we're you know ships punch holes through other ships and rocks become weapons and and gravity yeah. and vectors you know are important i i remember hearing somewhere and i'm not sure if this is true or not but it it certainly felt true when i was watching the show um but when the um when the the gosh you know the the gun go the ship gun goes off and it goes through it goes through the ship and it takes the guy out yeah that that somebody somebody had told somebody had told me and i, I don't know how much truth there is to this that that you know, that was part of the RPG and that this guy had, you know, something had happened that, you know, the guy playing that character couldn't play anymore. And so that's how they got him out of the game was by, you know, <laughs> being decapitation. killed by round, you know? <laughs> so, you know? A sudden and unexpected decapitation. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, I mean, you know, I mean, that, that seems like a role-playing game. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. It was one of the funny things I always tell people was, you know, when Firefly first came out 
everybody was telling me, oh, you know, this is going to be an interesting show and all this. And, you know, I, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm the only person that feels this way, but I, I, I really hated Buffy the Vampire Slayer and had no interest in seeing Buffy the Vampire Slayer in space. And so I didn't watch it. And so I would say the first episode that they played, which is the train job kind of, you know, started playing. And then all of a sudden my phone starts ringing and everybody says, John, your traveler game is on TV. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And they're like, John, your traveler game, somebody's put it on television. It's on TV right now and I'm watching it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like the firefly thing. And I'm like the, the Buffy, the vampire slayer guy. Like, yeah yeah so you know i you know they somebody taped it brought it to my house and said you have to watch this and and you know at that stage it became an event everybody came to my house to watch the game uh, to watch the show and and point out where you know hey that's just like our game this, that that guy must be my character well this is yeah. you know, and all this and it finally got so bad that that the episode where um the bounty hunter was jubile early i guess um you know attaches his attaches his ship to their ship and you know they're he knocks them all out or whatever and it, he starts telling jubile early starts telling a story about the about the midget that he'd had to fight on such and such planet and everybody turned around and looked at me and goes i don't remember that one who wh you know, whose character was that you know, as if I wrote it, <laughs> and I'm like, like, I, I'm like, dude, I don't know. I, I guess it's some guy in Kansas somewhere. It's his game. I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty wild. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, I, th I think, I think a lot of media now is, is based in, um, at least influenced in people's games i think at this point. well and i think the thing is that it seems like the science fiction has kind of gone from the wild science fantasy to more grounded you know yeah and that's where you know obviously you know um you know the expanse more recently but you know the dune movies coming out and yeah. and so well, I, mean, I think you know it's like it's like watching the mandalorian you know yeah. it, it's clear that it's clear that favreau and filoni have you know, played with their action figures and, you know, it may be played. I, I, I like to think they played the, the West End Games RPG and it, at some stage or another, and at least, you know, work these things out, it seems like. And we're just huge fans of the of the media and then, you know, went ahead and, you know, played a lot of this stuff out one way or the other, either with action figures or RPGs or something, you know, and, and you can... You can tell that, I think. I, I feel like that's what they're doing with The Mandalorian. And yeah, I think the other thing is, I think they also realize that, you know, while it might be cool that every movie is about some sort of universe-ending event, sometimes it's just much more interesting to deal with the people and their struggles in a much yeah. more mundane mundane way. Not yeah. necessarily everything has to, you know, be a Death Star destroying more planets. Right. It's like, it's like maybe it's just a matter of how we're going to get off this world before we get caught by the police. You know, <laughs> you know it, it doesn't have to be complicated, but you're invested in the characters and that's, what's important. You're invested in the story. You're not invested necessarily in some over the top, you know, uh, plot that, that, yeah. you know, you're seeking to supersede the previous over the top plot. Well, we're going to take baby Yoda back to his people and, Oh, Hey, look, side quest. <laughs> another side quest another side quest <laughs> yeah. another side quest another side quest oh we're done it's season two now <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah it's it's been i think it's been great i i do have feelings both 
I do have some not so I've enjoyed the Mandalorian, uh, but there's there's some things I kind of wish they could just done better. But yeah. that's just but. well, it was always there. Yeah, I think the uh, not to go too too off on a tangent, but is RPG ramblings after all. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think w- what I had the issue I had mainly with episode or season one was it seemed like it was too many episodes, and it just seemed like they're just kind of meandering all over the place. Yeah. And there was neat scenes and neat characters. And it seemed like it was still kind of doing the same thing with the second season. But once they announced that they were launching all these other shows, I realized, oh, this show is being used as a vehicle to launch other shows. That's why it kind of hurts itself. I mean, it, it, it suffers because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would agree with that, actually. So, but, but I mean, but the, some of the people they've had... And some of the episodes in season two are like amazing. Like I'm not going to deny that, but it definitely was at a, I think at a at a cost to the Mandalorian. So we'll see now what season three ha- has in store. Oh yeah, well I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, maybe it's more CGI loot. See. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so you you get to the point where you're you're you've published on your own. So you started out with a bunch of of ugly. Uh, just quick worlds oh yeah 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 the the first few were just just really bad and as as it turned out what what i ended up doing was um i ended up uh, getting together with ian stead and that 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 immediately uh improved the game um <laughs> right his worst looking ships is still better than what 95 percent of people could put out oh yeah yeah ian wow ian's great and then of course um Michael Johnson approached me and was talking about some different things and so forth. And, uh, you know, Michael and I, and Michael and I started, started working together and he is a much more, he's a much more technically minded fellow than I am. He's, he's an engineer in Australia. Uh, I believe he's a civil engineer and, uh, but he's in Perth, Australia. And, um, you know, gosh, boy, you know, he is, he's much more engineering minded than I am. And he likes building starships, which I don't. Um, and, you know, you know, that's, that's one of those things, you know, everybody, everybody in Traveler loves building starships, but me, apparently. Well, um, I, I think if I, if I can get the analogy, it's starting to sound like is um, he's, the, you're the Dave Arneson. He's the Gary Gygax, <laughs> but you get along. <laughs> Well, I mean, as long as he as long as he doesn't try to, you know, you know, fight me in a fight me in a bar somewhere, I think we'll be okay. But um, kick but, you out of your company and and him. Well, the good news is I'm 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 in Georgia and he's in Australia. So if he ever decides he needs to kill me, it's at least going to cost him a lot of money. Um, but but yeah, no, I, no, Michael and I get along great. And no, but I'm just saying because I think you. It sounds like you have the ideas, you have the high level view, and he sounds like the person that kind of grounds it and 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 files it down and hones it he is very he's very good with starships and he's very good with with engineering and that sort of thing and he's written he's written some of the military books as well and he does an outstanding job with it he does really well and so that that took a lot of that took a lot of the things that that i absolutely detest doing like building starships and he is very good with it whereas i'm more of a i'm more of a world builder more of a a setting builder, I guess. And I mean, you know, I'm not saying he couldn't do those things. I'm sure I, I know that he can, but, um, but that's, that's, that's where, that's where he really shines is he, he does very well with, with the engineering parts of these things. 
and and does such an excellent job making starships. And so, um, you know, a starship, uh, if we do a starship book now, essentially one of us, one of the three of us will come up with an idea somewhere along the line. Usually Michael will originally originate the idea ever so often it's me and Ian's even, Ian's even come up with some ideas occasionally for, for what a starship might be or what we might do next. Um, but, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll come up with that and, and Michael will sit down, he'll, he'll design the ship, he'll make the ship and then we'll, we'll send all that to Ian. Ian will come up with something beautiful and, um, you know, and then, you know, to, you know, and just kind of realize what, what Michael has engineered and come up with something that's just amazing. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll send all that over to my, uh, editor, Curtis Rickman, who I went to high school with. Um, who's out in uh, Mexico, Missouri, and uh, you know we we I'll send all that to him. He'll go through and you know find out any any you know try to try to get through the proofreading, try to make sure we haven't you know done anything really insane, and then I'll I'll go back over it again, make sure it, you know completely and totally fits in with what we're doing, and then hey, it's you know it's off to being published. Um, but yeah. We've had a, a lot of, of luck with a lot of really good folks. Um, Steve Atwood, um, who's over in the UK, uh, did some, some of the original Starship art with me. Um, you know, gosh, you know, we have Bradley Warns, who did a lot of what I call people art, you know. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the stuff like you'll see on the, for instance, the cover of the Clement Sector Rulebook, um, that was done by, by Bradley Warns. And... Um, he he's actually no longer with us and mainly mainly because he he wasn't feeling feeling well at, at a time and he he just didn't feel like he could continue on um but um you know brad did an excellent job for us i'm really hoping he'll be able to come back at some stage um we've got jennifer leonard she's a local artist here um you can well well you, you you're seeing me on camera so you can see the artwork behind me um but um she did an excellent job with excellent excellent job with stuff and uh you know just just a lot of different people just a lot of different people kind of putting things in and you know and of course like i was saying before you know a lot of these a lot of these setting a lot of the setting really is just built from from years of gaming and so you know a lot of ideas that came from you know all of those players all kind of have gelled into this and i mean you know wow you know, we're up, I, I'd say probably 50, 60, 70 people over the years have, con, you know, contributed their characters, their ideas and things like that, that, that you know, have meshed into this. So, you know, it, it's certainly not just me over here. Um, you know, we, we've got a lot going on and, and a lot of folks who, who really have put, put a lot into it. Um, but yeah, yeah, just, just, just great people that, that I've been very fortunate to work with. How many, how many books are you in general? I mean, averaging or approximately like how many, how many books are you putting out a year? Um, usually somewhere in the range of 10 to 12. So roughly not quite, but about one a month, a little, a little less than one a month. Yeah. It's, it's usually, it's usually a little less than one a month because usually the, something will, you know, something will happen somewhere along the line that we need a little more time on something. Um, well, going back to what I was saying, you know, Ryder is coming out next month. Um, I've been working on Ryder back and forth for about five years. Um, 
I, I, I had the idea. I approached some folks with it and said, look, you know, I really want to do a Western. That's really what I want to do. And just kind of wrote a little here and there and, you know, would go back and go, hmm, no, that's crap. And then just kind of, you know, get rid of it and then start over and do some more with it until finally, oh, I say about November, I actually just really said, okay, no, this is, this is what's going to be next. This is what I want to do. And so, you know, you know, they, but yeah, I mean, things, things tend to work out that way, but we'll, we, we'll have some books that come out that are going to be around 30 or 40 pages. Um, some other books that'll be, you know, in the 150, 200 page page range. And then, you know, yeah, right or right now, and it's not complete yet. Um, I'm not exactly sure how much more art may be going into it. And it's off with, it's off with Curtis to be edited as I'm speaking now, but um, it's about 356 pages long. So so the um, so obviously you you published with PDF. Mm -hmm. uh, do you um, do you also get print copies made? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You can you can get the print copies at drive through. Um, we have our own website now where we sell the PDFs as well. But I don't have I don't have it set up to send out uh, print books yet. But so the only so you don't actually go to a printer. It's all print on demand at the moment. That's right. Yeah. So. Do you set up booths like at um, at conventions at all? Well, before COVID, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Yeah, I, I just came from the I just came from the past. I just arrived now. I, what's this COVID you speak of? <laughs> yeah, and oh man, I'm I'm really hoping that, that we can do that again too. But yeah, that that was that was something we used to do uh, quite a bit. Um, go to several of the different conventions, pretty much mainly in the southeast, but ever so often we would venture north up to. Uh, up to TravelerCon up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and uh, we would set up a big booth up there. Um, but yeah, 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 we used to do that. You used to do that quite a bit, and I, I'm really hoping we get to do it again soon. So, um, so how'd you, I mean, you have a pretty large team, and it sounds like there's a certain amount of fluctuation, I mean, based on people's lives and situations uh, kind of coming and going. So, like, how is it that you've, like, the team that you got, have you, um, have you approached people? Do people approach you? Do people recommend? So, I mean, how do you wind up with the group of people that you have? Well, you know, oddly enough, um, Michael actually approached me. And Michael had been friends with Brad for, oh, you know, over a decade before, before he even knew who I was. And so, you know, Michael basically brought Brad along with him. Um, I met Ian through the Mongoose uh, Forum and you know talk to him there and then um you know like say curtis i'd known since high school and then uh steve atwood i had actually found online uh, you know just found some some really interesting art that he had done and we kind of sat down and talked to him for a bit um online and uh you know and then jennifer jennifer actually spotted some of her artwork in a local comic store and said you know hey that that's really good you know, I think I need to talk to her. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a wide variety. It's kind of odd the way, the way it all worked out really, but um, you know, most of it, 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 it <laughs> I, I have never, I, I've, you know, I've never actually met Ian or Brad or Michael um, at an, or Steve for that matter um, at any, at any given point. Um, I've never actually met them. 
uh, we we talk online. We'll talk through Facebook Messenger or email or something along this line, and that's how we communicate back and forth and build all this up together. And then you know, it all it all comes to me, and I put it together, and it goes to drive through or into our website. And so for you, uh, this is your full time job. It is. It is. Um, I've been doing this full time for well, I guess let's see this. Ooh. It's going on probably about about two years this month, actually. Probably only next week, actually. Now that I think about it, that's hadn't given that any thought actually until now. But I think I think I've been doing it about two years now, just full time. But um, yeah. So what do you attribute to your success, you think? You know, I oh wow. I think I, I, you know, I, I think that uh, I think there are just a lot of folks who, who need, you know, just a, a, a little boost with their game and they're, they're looking for something to add to it. I, I think I think there are a lot of folks who do play in our setting, but I think there are a lot of folks who have their own settings at home and just, you know, take take something like one of our ship books or, or you know, one of our books on bounty hunters or something like that and just use that in their setting and, you know, just kind of meld it in with what they're doing and, I think I, I think I think every so often just a little a little nudge a little little kick a little spark to the imagination can can help out. I also I, I kind of wonder too because I've been dabbling with uh, drive through here and there and doing well not here and there but I am on drive through but you know a couple different systems but I, I think that there is a certain that's what I'm looking for I think there are probably certain types of games and maybe slash genres that are probably looking for more material than others or it depends how it works i i think with traveler i think the idea of 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 being able to pick up a couple worlds inexpensively or pick up a book on a sector is much more appealing than some of these others where probably there are people are less likely to to be wanting those types like for instance like the cipher system i think um is a great system but i don't know that there's as, as much of a market even though it seems like it's a larger group than let's say, you know, Cephas engine, yet the people on the Cephas engine, I think more likely to be buying stuff than the people who are on the cipher system. Yeah. Um, that could whatever. be. But one of the things, one of the things I really wanted to do when I first started, um, well, I'll, I'll give you my situation at that point. At that point I was working in an electrical supply shop. And I was working somewhere in the range of about 55 to 60 hours a week. And then sometimes working four, four or five hours, well, like five or six on, on Saturday and then running, running a game on Saturday night. And it occurred to me that I couldn't possibly be the only person who's doing this. And, you know, wouldn't it be helpful if, instead of having to sit down, you know, try to take that, you know, some small smidgen of, you know, the time that you're going to have that week, you know, to, to go and do something like this, why don't you take advantage of the fact that John has already made this planet for you here, use this. Right. And, and that was, that was one of the things I really wanted to do at the beginning, you know, was just say, you know, Hey, look, you know, we've written out this plot line here, you know, why don't you use that? Why don't you use that? And then, then, you know, maybe that'll take a little of your load off. And so I think I think in a lot of ways that's that's really that's really what still happens. 
Yeah, and I think what to me what's impressive is, um, you know, because you don't do any Kickstarters, correct? No, no, never done a Kickstarter. And I'm assuming I'm going to make an assumption here. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming most of your sales probably come through drive-through rather than through your website. Yes, that's true. Um, and I also know that, well, at least my experience has been that you initially put something up on drive-through, you get a hit, but that there's a long tail that you might have a continuous stream, but but it, it drops off. And, okay. and uh, so I think the idea is that you're able to publish something, you know, um, a little over once, uh, takes you maybe a little over a month, but you publish something and people trust you enough, like your product enough that they just buy it. And well, that's right. Yeah, it's not people, it's not these people just nibbling. It's people buying it, it, it in, in a large, you know, and say a lot of people say, I'll take that. Then they wait for the next one to come out and they're like, I'll take that. So I mean, that's a pretty impressive spot that you put yourself in that people are just, it's not like just people wandering, like my stuff, people wander and they find it and like, yeah, two bucks. But that's not the stuff you're putting out. Cause I mean, you're, the prices at your stuff, you know, varies, you know, in, in quite a bit in cost. So you're hitting different price points. Um, but they're all successful and it just shows that you're really, you know, doing pretty strong when you let the stuff out and that people are anticipating it and you're not cannibalizing yourself. That's the other thing. You're not, you put that so much stuff out, it's like, are you cannibalizing? But you're not because you're also doing a variety of things too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, in all honesty, that, that was, you know, the situation you're describing is how we started. I mean, when we first started out, you know, nobody knew who we were. Nobody knew anything yeah. about what we were doing. And, um, you know, just over time, you know, I, th I think folks just kind of decided, you know, hey, you know, this, this stuff's not so bad. You know, it actually works out pretty well. And, you know, let's let's try a little more of it. And, you know, over time, we kind of built up a, a fan base and a group of people who, you know, wanted us to do more. Um, but yeah, when we first started out, you know, when we first put, put out those quick worlds, I mean, you know, everybody's like, what the heck is this? You know, <laughs> you know, why, you know, what, what, what is this? Why is it even here? Yeah. And I think uh, also given the, you know, the, the markup that comes, well, I say markup, but the, uh, the, um, you know, the fees. So if you're, if you're, um, putting stuff on drive-through, um, it's, if you just do drive through exclusively, they take a 30% cut. If you're not doing exclusively, they take a 35% cut. So you spent money on a lawyer, which I'm sure wasn't cheap. No. <laughs> and you were putting out these trial balloons, which could not have been generating necessarily a lot of money in the beginning. No. So it sounds like you started out with the long game in mind and that you're going to make it work. Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, I had I had basically decided that this is what I wanted to do. Well, I had already decided that it, it was something I wanted to do in my life a long time ago. And I tried going at it two or three different ways. Um, the first thing I did was I wrote a few adventures for uh, Steve Jackson's uh, Journal of the Traveler's Aid Society. And oh, okay. I, was, I was really hoping that that would lead to writing a, writing a source book for Steve Jackson. And it, as it turned out that that never really happened because by the time, by the time they actually got around to publishing what I had written, um, they were in the process of losing the license to Mongoose. And so, you know, it, it, 
that 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 path never never arrived and so i tried doing a little play testing here and there with a few different people and trying to go that direction or writing a few more magazine articles and things like that and then finally it just occurred to me you know i, I was watching the success that some of the other guys were having um dale mccoy at uh, john brazer enterprises who's who's still out there doing doing wonderful work um and, and dale's a great guy can't say enough good about dale and uh you know I, I looked at that and thought, you know, hey, you know, I, you know, th maybe that's the way I should be going. Yeah. Um, you know, because I've got this wealth of material. I mean, I've got, you know, reams of paper that has have built up, you know, maybe I should do something with it. And, you know, that, that was kind of where we went from there. So, you know, I, I did intend, <laughs> I had always intended to become a writer at some stage um but it was just something that you know for for one reason or another you know um you know just just hadn't really occurred yet and so we were really hoping that you know at some stage it was and so when i when i you know kind of realized what i wanted to do and it just you know it it was really odd in that i i i was very restless i couldn't sleep i couldn't do anything um I couldn't do anything but think about it and think, you know, this, this is what I need to be doing. I, I don't need to continue on at the job because, you know, you know, well, there's nothing wrong with selling electrical supplies. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And so, you know, I, you know, this is what I wanted to do and I wanted to get there to that. And so, you know, I ended up borrowing some money and, and doing what I could do to push in that direction. So you, this really is getting, you keep going on and on. It's like, this is, you know, the leap of faith is like, it's, it's even getting greater and greater. So I'm assuming that you, you waited till sales got to a certain point before you quit your job. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, gosh, boy, I guess I had been doing it. Let's see if it's 10 years now. So I'd say about eight and a half or so when I, when I finally just got to the point where it was, you know, okay, we're doing well enough you know, that I can, that I can leave the job. I, I had set a goal for myself to make, you know, at least, at least over what I was making, you know, selling electrical supplies. Wow. And if I could, if I could do that, then, you know, I'll part ways with it. And as it turned out, as it turned out that it, it, it ended up being right about the same and, but as it is now, I, I do make more money doing role-playing games than I did working, you know, selling electrical supplies. And I think the thing is, is that, you know, I think it's easy to look at like the big companies and, 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 you know, I hear like nobody's necessarily making a living off of it, but I mean, there are people like you, who I don't think anybody, you kind of fly under the radar, I think from of people saying, yeah, there are people who can, I mean, you, you played it smart you're playing the long game you're not doing anything crazy but you're just being consistent putting out good work consistently you develop a market and you have a, a customer base that's that's loyal to you and i, I think that's the key I, I really do i think i think it's just you know we we put our nose to the grindstone we you know you know uh, you know it's it's a lot of fun it's certainly the most fun job I've ever had. And, and it's something that I enjoy every minute of doing, but I do treat it like it's a job. I, I, I get up every morning at six 30 in the morning. I, you know, get ready as if I were going to work. And then I, instead of, 
you know, getting into my, my car and driving down to an electrical supply, I, you know, walk in here and I sit down in this office and start typing and, you know, start running the business, doing the taxes, doing the, doing the business things, you know, getting, you know, pulling things together and so forth and so on, or, or just spending time writing. And, you know, I spend about, I'd say about eight hours a day, you know, just, you know, in here writing and, you know, putting, putting in the effort. And, you know, that's, I think that's, that's the, that's the real key. Um, you know, you, you've got to treat it like it's a job, even though it's, you know, by far the most fun job I've ever had, because, you know, there's, yeah, yeah. People ask me about it and I say that, you know, honestly, the, the worst day of, of doing role-playing games has been better than the best day of, you know, selling electrical supplies or <laughs> yeah. other things I've done in my life. Um, you know, you know, I, I've worked at a toy store. I worked, I, I washed dishes at a restaurant. Um, I, you know, you know, I, I did telemarketing, you know, I, <laughs> you know I've, I've done all kinds of things and um, this is by far the most, most enjoyable. Um, I did have a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, I was the stadium announcer for a uh, minor league football team for a while, and that was a lot of fun. But it, it didn't it didn't pay very well. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Um, that was that was an interesting job in that it started out with you know we're going to pay you two hundred fifty dollars a game, and then uh, after a while it, it became well, John, there's some pizza in there if you want to take some home. So yeah. that was a that was a that was an example of a of a a job that was a lot of fun but didn't pay anything um but uh but yeah yeah this this you know it has the benefit of actually uh of actually uh, paying me a, a decent wage and um you know certainly being the most fun that that i've ever had i mean it, it really is like like doing your hobby all day you know for a job and right. it really is. And it's a lot of fun. And I, I, you know, you know, ever so often something will happen that frustrates me or, you know, irritates me or I'll get a little, little upset, but for the most part, I, you know, I love doing it and, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, it's a joy. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing. I mean, it's something I'm kind of aspiring to do, not to your, to your level, but, you know, in about five years, I'd like to, I can retire on, you know, technically I can retire, but I still need to generate some income. So I think it's, it's, it's very possible, but it just takes a time and effort to, to get to that point. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's a funny thing, you know, uh, uh, in, in the first, in the first couple of years, I thought I would be lucky to pay my loan back. And, you know, it, it just, you know, it, it did, it obviously I did. Um, you know, and it kept going a little, a little further and a little further. And, you know, I just remember, I guess it was about two or three years into it. Somebody said, you know, are, are your books making the amount of are, uh, enough money for, you know, to pay for their creation? And I said, the moment they don't will be the moment that I don't do this anymore. And you'll, you'll know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, that's uh, that for a long time was just, you know, how, how we, you know, how we rolled, you know, it was, you know, is, you know, we're going to, we're going to sink this amount of money into this book. We've got a budget, you know, this is what we're going to divide out so forth and so on. And, you know, and, you know, if we can make that amount of money back, then, you know, we'll, we'll make another one. And, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously kind of continued onward. Um, 
But, you so, know, we've, we've really only, I really only feel like I've made a couple of missteps here and there. And, you know, we've, we've survived those. And so, you know, I, you know we're, we're going to keep going. So I guess as far as the, the different things that you produce, I mean, is there, is there some things that you find are better seller than sellers than others? I mean, are like, uh, like uh, source books better than adventures, which are better than other things. I mean, adventures sell, adventures tend to sell poorly. Um, they, they will, they will eventually uh, do well, but, but you know, they're, they're not the sort of thing that everybody grabs immediately. Um for a lot of our books, the first the first week, the first you know, will be most of the sales, um, and then it will you know it'll sort of decline as it goes over the next few weeks, and then you know eventually somebody you know it'll just be one of those things that somebody picks up every so often. Um, adventures are adventures don't seem to work that way. Uh, when we put an adventure out, you know, we'll have a few people who buy it right off the bat, and then it will just kind of slowly build and build and build, and it will just stay steady. Right. which is very different than the other books. Um, the source books, the source books tend to tend to go really quick. People will, people will come along and say, Hey, you know, I, Oh, oh Hey, that that's the new one. We should grab that. And it seems to, you know, it seems to, it seems to go pretty quick and, you know, and then kind of, you know, begin kind of trailing off a bit. Um, but, but yeah, the adventures, the adventures sell slower. It seems like, and you know, I've always been told that adventures are bad sellers. But I mean, honestly, how are you, you know, how are you going to have something? How are you going to have a game if you don't have adventures? And you know, we've we've got two, we've got several campaign adventures out there, and we've got um, then we've got all the twenty-one plots books, which you know, we're just you know, 21, 21 plots with six different endings, and you know, kind of uh, go uh, building off the old seventy-six patrons uh, idea that uh, Traveler came up with originally, and then of course that was in the OGL, and so we kind of continued that tradition with the twenty-one plots books. And so, you know, it's basically 21 adventures with six different endings. So, you know, that's a, that's a lot of adventure in, in and of itself. And those, those actually sell quite well. Um, but, you know, we've got some campaign games out there that, that were a little slow to make their money back, but they did. And, uh, you know, they continue to be successful. So, but yeah, they're, they're the slower one. Yeah. It's just, it's just kind of interesting. I mean, a lot of the stuff you don't, necessarily know until you you try it out and it just is kind of yeah it just seems like a lot of this is is a grand experiment a lot of times to just understand of you know you put feelers out here put feelers out there and you just kind of kind of figure it out as you go but uh but uh but you've had plenty of time to to, to figure this out so you know it, you know it, it's <laughs> it's it's been a journey that's for sure um but yeah, like I said, I've I've enjoyed every second of it, and it's been it's been a great amount of fun. And you know, it's just one of those things. You know, we we just keep building on it. Um, we built it, we did a lot of building with Clement Sector and kind of built Clement Sector up as, and you know, kind of you know, still got a lot still got a lot more to say about Clement Sector. But then we we opened up Earth Sector, and basically, you know, here's what happened before the wormhole collapsed. You know, you know, here's what happened beforehand and here's what happened after the wormhole collapsed. And this is what's going on over in Earth. You know, even though Earth and climate sector are completely separated, you're not going to be able to go from one to the other at this stage. 
you know, but still, you know, here's what here's what's going on in the art sector. And so while while climate sector is very uh, very much those independent worlds, like I was talking about earlier, that that are all set up so that you know every every world has its own government and so forth and so on. And earth sector is a little different. Everything's still being run by the nation states. You know, the I kind of did away with the idea with that the UN would be running everything, and I basically held on to the idea that the the nation states would still be would still be strong and out there competing with one another. Um, and so they've all went out, picked up colonies, and now now earth sector has been kind of colonized, and you know, and it, it's all out there, and uh, it's kind of like the Traveler twenty three hundred. In, in that same kind of vein, yeah, where the, where the nations are out there, you know, and still in existence. Um, you know, I had already written written that sort of with the history with the history of climate sector being that you know the nation states would remain strong, and so we we kind of went with it kind of continued on with that with Earth sector, and you kind of said, okay, well, you know, here, you know, the Earth nations have you know now colonized this whole area. And so we're we're exploring that now, and so I've got a lot of I've got a lot of Earth sector products coming up. We've got some more climate sector products coming up, and then then uh, we've got, and like I say, we've got Rider coming out next month. And uh, you know, if, if folks are interested, we're going to do more and more Rider stuff, and you know, more Western stuff. So we'll we'll see if folks. As are long as they keep buying, you'll keep making. That's right. <laughs> you know, so if you want John to keep producing stuff, you need to keep buying it. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> every purchase is a vote. That's right. That's absolutely right. And you know that it's it's the most important vote. And you know, you know if you know if folks folks you know want want more stuff, you know that's you know we're we're I am more than happy to provide it. Yes, anything they want. Just uh, as long as you know it'll sell. It's like you're very open to whatever that may be. Yeah, most definitely. I, you know, and then, like I said, you know, it's it's a lot of fun, and you know, it, you know, as they say, it keeps me off the streets. Well, maybe next year you can do a, a zombie supplement for your writer game. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, you never know. <laughs> and you could you can use some playing cards. Put that in your mechanics. And... <laughs> called undead lands <laughs> you won't get sued i'm sure oh yeah 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 shane shane probably wouldn't care for that um. <laughs> he knows how to spell cease and des desist i am i am sure of that i am sure of that yeah i've i've talked to shane a few times on uh i've talked to shane a few times on facebook and uh, I, I really like him he's a, he's a good guy yeah i imagine he is i've not i've not had any dealings with him but uh uh, not to go too far in the brambles, but their latest, the latest thing is they're they're doing a Pathfinder um, conversion for for Savage Worlds, and I'm not a I'm not a high fantasy person at all, but man, I am so tempted to buy that. Uh, one of one of my friends was a it was a very big proponent of Deadlands, and um, you know we we played we played a lot of deadlands for a while as you could you know as i've said before you know i, I am a western fan and uh, so you know that was that appealed to me and so i i really enjoyed playing deadlands for a while there and um once once they started doing savage worlds i i, I started reading into that and i i, I like savage worlds and uh, i i had an opportunity to go to a convention in uh, oh gosh was it uh, was it Asheville or Charlotte? Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina, where there was a gentleman there who was running Savage Worlds, um, but it was MASH themed. 
and um, it was basically MASH versus zombies. <laughs> and and let me tell you that was a blast um i got to play radar um so i had a knit cap and a I, you know he he had all these great props and everything set up he had a he had a he had the the mash unit set up for miniatures he had these little cardboard miniatures for it and then he gave out everybody he had everybody you know with martini glasses and you know had that whole setup and he had he had outfits for everybody and so i i had the knit i had the whole radar knit cap and the glasses and the teddy bear and the whole nine yards and it was uh it was an amazing amount of fun i i was so pleased that i found this game and i had such a good time it was just absolutely amazing and <laughs> that's a, that's a great thing about those convention games you just never know and you may right you could never imagine your wildest dreams one of the one of the fun things to me about about conventions is that you know first off i get to play that's that's the big one because you know over years i've always been the game master and you know certainly certainly in publishing you know if i show up if i show up to a convention a lot of times i'm running games there too but but ever so often there's that opportunity that I get to play in something, and so I you know I I, I really look forward to that, and I enjoy it a lot. Um, I've played in a lot of games. In fact, that like I say, that's how I met Jason Kemp, um, who, who does Septius Engine. That's how I met him. Was I I had gone to uh, I don't want to say it was 2000, 2001, 2002, sometime in that range. I went to Gen Con and uh, was like, hey, look, there's a guy running Traveler. This should be, you know, I should, I should join this. And uh, got in on that and uh, just had a really, really good time. Uh, played, played in one game that he ran where it was just a complete and total series of errors. Um, I think I think the adventure as written was that there was going to be some sort of disaster. And I think we were, you know, going to be on a ship that was starting to crash. And then we all escaped and, you know, got to a planet and did X, Y, and Z. I don't know what was supposed to happen because we didn't get there. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> during the course of the crash, um, we, we failed every role we made to get off the ship. To a point to where eventually we just all died trying to get trying to get out of this this you know disintegrating ship and and you know it, it sounds like the sort of thing you, everybody would be sad but we were all laughing ourselves silly You're right. and just having the mo having the absolute most fun and just just laughing about it and cutting up and and just you know having a really really good time and it was it was one of the most fun games I've played in and we had a lot of fun with it. Um, another game that I played with Jason, as it turned out, no one else showed up for the game. It was just me. It was just Jason was running the game and I showed up to play. And what he did not know was that um, I had already worked it out. I, I told my wife, I said, look, you know, about nine o'clock, if you don't mind, could you come down from the hotel room and bring me, you know, a glass of Snapple? I, I drink a lot of Snapple. And, uh, you know, it they can pay me 50 bucks for this. It'll be great. But no, I, I used to, I used to drink, you know, I had a lot of Snapple. And so I told her, I said, look around nine, around 9 PM. If you really, I'd really appreciate it if you could just bring me a bottle of Snapple. She said, yeah, sure. That's no problem. And so, so we're playing the game and I end up getting arrested. And I happened to look down at my watch and realized it was about eight, 
850, 855, somewhere in there. And so, you know, Jason, Jason playing the, you know, the warden of the place says, look, you know, is there something that I can get for you? Is there something I can do for you? And I said, you know, if you had some peach Snapple, that would be awesome. And, and he is the game master sitting there looking at me like, why would he ask for that? <laughs> and, and in comes my wife, who, who Jason had never met at that stage, just walks in, drops a bottle of Snapple in front of me and walks out. And he's like, how did you do that? <laughs> and he's like, you said you needed a bottle of Snapple. A woman walks in and hands yeah. you a bottle of Snapple. How did that happen? <laughs> Never underestimate my, underestimate my powers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. And so for years, for years after that, and that's that's kind of how Jason and I stayed connected, was that I'd ever so often say, you know, hey, Jason, you know, what are, what are you planning on doing with, you know, whatever you're doing at this stage, you know, and he would tell me and I'm like, I'm the Snapple guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're the Snapple guy from Indianapolis. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. That's pretty crazy. And so, yeah. So, yeah, you know, just one of those things, you know, and as it turns out, you know, we, you know, you know, you know, here we are, you know, kind of, kind of all working together in this business now, but. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Well, I think we're hitting the, the space time continuum. It's a barrier that we occasionally brush up against, and we need to <laughs> probably stop before we get disintegrated into uh, into nothingness. Well, we don't want to die. Really. No, no, and it might just put us back in time to a place we don't want to be. That's, I don't know. <laughs> I, I might want to go. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a world without peach snapple. I don't. No, well, no, we that. don't want to do that. No. So anyway, uh, thanks again uh, for your time. Hey, I thank, really appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. I, I, I appreciate it. All right.